Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to April, April 1st today. Welcome to April 2nd if you're on the podcast, (laughs) the edited podcast. So we're going to look at some interesting facts, I guess, trivia regarding this day. It was, I don't know if it's an official day, but it's regarded as April Fool's Day. And as as such, Taco Bell, got to give it to them. They have smart people and sense of humor. Um, in 1996, how many of you guys remember this? As part of the April Fool's Day joke, Taco Bell takes out an ad in seven leading newspapers announcing they had purchased the Liberty Bell to reduce the country's debt and had renamed it the Taco Liberty Bell. In response to public concerns, White House Press Secretary Mike McCurry stated that the federal government was also selling the Lincoln Memorial to the Ford Motor Company and renaming it the Lincoln Mercury Memorial. The prank was so successful, it cost the company $300,000 to generate the sales ads, but they made over a million dollars the first two days in April, along with a large amount of publicity. Incredible. Uh, Apple Computers, 1976, on this day, was founded by Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. And the first Apple One computer kit was sold for $666. That's a lot of money back then, 66. I remember seeing my first one. Uh, I think it was that same year a friend of mine had. I don't know if it was that year. That I think it was a couple of years later, probably. Smoking ads banned by cigarette companies in 1970 by President Richard Nixon on this day. Also, the Great Spaghetti Tree Hoax, the BBC airs an April Fool's news story about the spaghetti harvest in Switzerland. (laughs) Gotta give it to the BBC, too. It reported to show spaghetti being harvested from trees and laid out to dry and claimed that spaghetti trees had been especially bred to produce such uniform length of spaghetti strands. And there's a picture of this lady pulling spaghetti off a tree. They put spaghetti all over a tree, and she's harvesting it and has it hanging in her hands. After the broadcast, hundreds of people called in to find out how they too could obtain their own spaghetti trees. To make it sound even more authoritative, a voiceover was done by the respected broadcaster Richard Dimblibby. And the idea was the brainchild of a panorama cameraman who came up with the idea for a hoax after remembering how teachers at his school teased the classmates for being so stupid that if they were told spaghetti grew on trees, they would believe it. (laughs) What does that say about the general population? Also sad on this day, but historically important to remember, April 1st was the bloodiest battle of World War II, 82 days long, This 82-day-long battle on Easter Sunday, April Fool's Day, 1945, ended with an Allied victory. It was the largest amphibious assault in the Pacific. The Japanese lost 77,000 soldiers, while the U.S. lost 14,000. And, of course, of the islanders that lived there, over half the population died of uh, about 300,000. And let's see. 
After surrendering the Japanese military, Mitsuru committed suicide. The famous war correspondent Ernie Pyle was killed by enemy fire during the battle. So there you go. Hmm. And Ford's first moving assembly line was set up on this day in 1913, which changed the worldwide industry for manufacturing overnight. There you go. The assembly process was split among 29 employees, each putting together a part of the magneto, which was then conveyed by a belt to a next worker. Previously, each magneto had been belt by a single person. Turns out that Ford, I believe, I'm going off old memory here, but went into a packing house. Yeah, there it is. There you go. Ford was inspired by Chicago meat packers, where cows and hogs were slaughtered, dressed, and packed during an overhead trolley that took the meat from worker to worker. Ford began using the moving assembly line for the entire automobile uh, industry later, or his whole plant later. Amazing. So there you go. And we would be remiss if we did not cover at least one or two dad jokes here. So let's see what we got. (laughs) I can't take my dog to the pond anymore because the ducks keep attacking him. That's what you get for buying a purebred dog. (laughs) It's a purebred duck. That's all you say, huh? Hmm, how about this one? If prisoners could take their own mug shots, <laughs> they'd be called selfies. <laughs> oh, no volume. <laughs> I'll never make it as a comedian because I can't get the timing joke. My, my volume was done. How about, want to hear a joke about paper? <laughs> never mind, it's terrible. <laughs> And maybe that joke was terrible, too. So we can now move over to the reading for today. And if you're with us for the first time, welcome. We are in the book of Deuteronomy, and we are in uh, chapter 23. And we'll be covering 23, 24, and 25, and the rest of Luke 6. So, Father God, thank you for this morning, giving us this time we can spend together. You're a good God, and we love how you can reach down from heaven and through your written word and speak to us through your Holy Spirit. We understand, God, these are things that are supernatural and that we desire to live connected to you, God, and and listen and hear your voice. So we do ask, God, that you open us up and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Deuteronomy 23, verse 1. No one who is emasculated or has a male organ cut off shall enter the assembly of the Lord. No one of illegitimate birth shall enter the assembly of the Lord. None of his descendants, even to the 10th generation, shall enter the assembly of the Lord. No Ammonite or Moabite shall enter the assembly of the Lord. None of their descendants, even to the 10th generation, shall ever enter the assembly of the Lord, because they did not meet you with food and water on the way when you came out of Egypt, and because they hired against you Balaam, the son of Beor, of Pethor, of Mesopotamia, to curse you. Nevertheless, the Lord your God was not willing to listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you, because the Lord your God loves you. You shall never seek their peace or their prosperity all your days. 
You shall not detest an Edomite, for he is your brother. You shall not detest an Egyptian, because you were an alien in his land. The sons of the third generation who are born to them may enter the assembly of the Lord. When you go out as an army against your enemies, you shall keep yourselves from every evil thing. If there is among you any man who is unclean because of nocturnal emission, then he must go outside the camp. He may not re-enter the camp. But it shall be when evening approaches, he shall bathe himself with water, and at sundown he may re-enter the camp. You shall also have a place outside the camp to go out there, and you shall have a spade among your tools, and it shall be that when you sit down outside, you shall dig with it and shall turn it to cover up your excrement. Since the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to defeat your enemies before you, therefore your camp must be holy, and he must not see anything indecent among you, or he will turn away from you. You shall not hand over to his master a slave who has escaped from his master to you. He shall live with you in your midst, in the place which he shall choose in one of your towns, where it pleases him, you shall not mistreat him. None of the daughters of Israel shall be a cult prostitute, nor shall any of the sons of Israel be a cult prostitute. You shall not bring the hire of a harlot or the wages of a dog into the house of the Lord your God or any votive offering, for both of these are an abomination to the Lord your God. You shall not charge interest to your countrymen, interest on money, food, or anything that may be loaned at interest. You may charge interest to a foreigner, but to your countrymen you should not charge interest, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all that you undertake in the land which you are about to enter to possess. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pass it, for it would be sin in you, and the Lord your God will surely require it of you. However, if you refrain from vowing, it would not be a sin in you. You shall be careful to perform what goes out from your lips, just as you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised. When you enter your neighbor's vineyard, then you may eat grapes until you are fully satisfied, but you shall not put any in your basket. When you enter your neighbor's standing grain, then you may pluck the heads with your hand, but you shall not wield a sickle in your neighbor's standing grain. Chapter 24, The Law of Divorce. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out from his house. And she leaves his house and goes and becomes another man's wife. And if the latter husband turns again to her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house, or if the latter husband dies who took her to be his wife, then the former husband who sent her away is not allowed to take her again to be his wife, since she has been defiled for that is an abomination before the Lord. 
and you shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance. When a man takes a new wife, he shall not go out with the army, nor be charged with any duty. He shall be free at home one year and give happiness to his wife whom he has taken. No one shall take a hand mill or an upper millstone in pledge, for he would be taking a life in pledge. If a man is caught kidnapping any of his countrymen or the sons of Israel, and he deals with them violently or sells them, then that thief shall die. So you shall purge the evil from among you. Be careful against an infection of leprosy that you diligently observe and do according to all that the Levitical priests teach you. As I have commanded them, so you shall be careful to do. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam on the way as she came out of Egypt. When you make your neighbor a loan of any sort, you shall not enter his house to take his pledge. You shall remain outside, and the man to whom you make a loan shall bring the pledge out to you. If he is a poor man, you shall not sleep with his pledge. When the sun goes down, you shall surely return the pledge to him, that he may sleep with his cloak and bless you, and it will be righteousness for you before the Lord your God. You should not oppose a hired servant who is poor and needy, whether he is one of your countrymen or one of your aliens who is in your land and in your towns. You shall give him his wages on his day before the sun sets, for he is poor and sets his heart on it, so that he will not cry out against you to the Lord, and it become sin in you. Fathers shall not be put to death for their sons, nor the sons be put to death for their fathers. Every one shall be put to death for his own sin. You shall not pervert the justice due an alien or an orphan, or take a widow's garment in pledge. But you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt, against and that the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I am commanding you to do this thing. When you reap your harvest in your field and have forgotten a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back and get it. It shall be for the alien, for the orphan, and for the widow, in order that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat the olive tree, you shall not go over the boughs again, it shall be for the alien, for the orphan, and for the widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not go over it again. It shall be for the alien, the orphan, and the widow. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I am commanding you to do this thing. Chapter 25. If there's a dispute between men, and they go to court, and the judges decide their case, and they justify the righteous and condemn the wicked, then it shall be that if the wicked man deserves to be beaten, the judge shall then make him lie down and be beaten in his presence with a number of stripes according to his guilt. He may beat him 40, uh, 40 times, but no more, so that he does not beat him with many more stripes than these, and your brother is not degraded in your eyes. You shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. When 
brothers live together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the deceased shall not be married outside the family to a strange man. Her husband's brother shall go into her and take her to himself as wife and perform the duty of her husband's brother to her. It shall be that the firstborn whom she bears shall assume the name of the dead brother so that his name will not be blotted out from his room. But if the man does not desire to take his brother's wife, then his brother's wife shall go up to the gate of the elders and say, my husband's brother refuses to establish a name for his brother in Israel. He is not willing to perform the duty of a husband's brother to me. Then the elders of the city shall summon him, speak to him. And if he persists and says, I do not desire to take her. Then the brother's wife shall come to him in the sight of the elders and shall pull his sandal off his foot and spit in his face and shall declare, thus it is done to the man who does not build up his brother's house. In Israel, his name shall be called the house of him whose sandal is removed. If two men, a man and his countrymen, are struggling together and a wife of one comes near to deliver her husband from the hand of the one who is striking him and pulls out her hand and seizes his genitals, then you shall cut off her hand. You should not show pity. You should not have in your bag differing weights, a large and a small. You shall not have in your house differing measures, a large and a small. You shall have a full and just weight, and you shall have a full and just measure that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. For everyone who does these things, everyone who acts unjustly, is an abomination to the Lord your God. Remember what Amalek did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt, how he met you along the way and attacked among you all the stragglers at your rear when you were faint and weary, and he did not fear God. Therefore, it shall come about when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your surrounding enemies, in the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance to possess, you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. You must not forget. Well, the overall concept that God is getting across is you are to be a special, holy, clean, moral, upstanding, fair nation. And in contrast to what was going on in Canaan, this was radical because they were everything that these Israelites were not. They played dirty pool and they did, they were vile and they were not clean. And so he says, you're going to be completely different and you are going to maintain this whole concept of your dedication to the holy things of God. And it was very important that as they were in their family units and their tribes and everything else, that they maintained the inheritance that was given to them because it was a special promise. And that promise was to all the future generations of all the families and the nations. And this is why we see this thing if the um, wife husband die, dies and, and she is supposed to be able to herself and her children live on the land that was given to her husband, but she couldn't do that without him at that period. So uh, it was it was it would have been 
her brother's responsibility to take her as wife and produce offspring so that those sons then would maintain their father's name, their the first husband's name, and have their inheritance. And of course, if that didn't happen, if he didn't want to do it, because you would think a lot of them wouldn't because they had a wife that they loved and they didn't never had a relationship with this their brother's wife that they would kind of think twice. Although, I mean, some of them would have done it, obviously, for the responsibility of helping them have an inheritance. But those who didn't, of course, she would be humiliated in the sense that that was her 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 future, her livelihood, her land, her possession, her inheritance was all tied to having these sons and gain a name of her original husband. So she could then come and take the sandal off the guy's in his face and say, you one sandal guy. That whole thing is important, we know, because of what happens later on. You have Boaz that is going to come and take Ruth, and Ruth is, she has an inheritance. Her husband dies, of course, and she's supposed to, she has one closer, a relative closer, that's supposed to take her as uh, his wife, kinsman redeemer, as they called it, and he said no. And so she forms this act removing the sandal, and of course, Boaz says, no, I'll take her. So you have the, in this law, you have this incredible um, story of Ruth, and of course, the redemption, the whole aspect of redemption is throughout the book, and that um, there's many ways you can look at it. I mean, she was unwanted by by her, uh, kins, her, her original family, but Boaz, as a type of Christ, says, but I will redeem you. I will take you because I love you. It wasn't the, the responsibility. Under the law, the law could, did, could not really produce what the love of Boaz could. And that was her redemption, salvation, her new inheritance in Boaz, which is a beautiful concept of the church and what we inherit much better than land, much better than established, you know, in a, in a beautiful place. In Israel, we get all of the kingdom of God and we get Christ as our inheritance. There's a beautiful play there on a whole passion there, what goes on. Much more we could get into, but we're going to move on. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. You can see this is kind of uh, Jesus even building on on what was being taught there in Deuteronomy as a new group of Jews under a new covenant. Verse 28, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. Whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks you. Whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. 
and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. And do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. And he also spoke a parable to them. A blind man cannot guide a blind man. Can he? Will they not both fall into a pit? A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you shall see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. The evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. When the flood occurred, the torrent burst against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built his house on ground without any foundation and the torrent burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. And I think you can kind of gauge in that where he's going with this whole thing about he, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say. The things that Jesus has said and has told us, which people have ignored, is that <laughs> the basic foundations of the law to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Now, you have to take that for what it says. All your heart, all your soul, all your strength. If you just casually go to church once a week and never think about the Lord during the week and don't do any of the things that he says, what we just saw, if your neighbor takes your coat, give him your shirt. If, if your enemy asks you something, give it. I mean, if don't expect to get paid back. If, you're, if your neighbor comes and borrows your lawnmower and doesn't want to give it back, guess what? You're supposed to go, all right, I'm going to model the heart of Christ and mercy to that guy. And uh, I think there's probably room to go witness to him. Those are different issues. But we're to act differently. We're to, and then, of course, we are to love our enemies, and we're not to treat them as ad adversaries. If we do those things, what does God say? He says, then you're going to be 
blessed. You're going to be blessed. He's, overall, you win. So this this issue of calling him Lord, Lord, and not doing the things that he says, well, it's like the man who builds his house on the sand. It's a shaky foundation. We're to build our foundation of our life on the rock. We don't get it why there is all these evil things going on. We don't get it oftentimes when we feel like we're getting mistreated and ripped off. We want to rage against it. We want to fight. We, you know, we're built that way. I'll get you, blah, 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 you know. And yet God says, and it's, we guys have a real big problem with this. God, Jesus says, let it go. I'll deal with it. You follow me. And uh, so there it is. It's, uh, <laughs> why do we call him Lord, Lord, and not do the things that he says that we're supposed to do? But fortunately for us, I believe the house, our life is built upon the rock. We may slip and slide off that rock, but it is built on the rock, and so we get God's mercy and grace. It's those that are brought up in what I would call denominational churches that are brought up to say, Lord, Lord, we believe in you. But they don't do anything that the Word says. They live their lives just like everybody else, but they just call Him Lord. And when the storm comes, which is coming soon, that house will not stand. The King's Highway, Charles Spurgeon, the wayfaring men, the fools shall not err therein, Isaiah 35, 8. The way of holiness is so straight and plain that the simple minds cannot go astray if they constantly follow it. The worldly wise have many twists and turns, and yet they make terrible blunders and generally miss their end. Worldly policies is a poor, short-sighted thing. And when men choose it as their road, it leads them over dark mountains. Gracious minds know no better than to do as the Lord bids them. But this keeps them in the king's highway and under royal protection. Let the reader never for a moment attempt to help himself out of a difficulty by a falsehood or by a questionable act. But let him keep in the middle of the high road of truth and integrity, and he will be following the best possible course in our lives. We must never practice circular sailing nor dream of shuffling. Be just and fear not. Follow Jesus and heed no evil consequence. If the worst of ills could be avoided by wrongdoing, we should, in every attempt, have fallen into the evil worse than any other ill could be. God's way must be the very best way. Follow it, though men think of you a fool, and you will be truly wise. Lord, lead thy servants to a plain path because of their enemies. Boy, is that rich because we have that temptation all the time. And this is really an extension of what we just read, even an extension of Deuteronomy. To be different, to follow what the Lord's commands are, how we are supposed to be holy and clean and different than the world, and not follow their ways of lying and cheating and stealing to get ahead. And he says, if you do that, you're wise, and, <laughs> and God will guide your path. And here in Mexico, that's a challenge. And people will constantly tell you, you're not really going to tell them the truth, are you? And those kinds of issues, it's 
Yeah, just a quick story. One time we, we ran into a situation on a construction of the house where somebody was doing the cabinets said, you know, you never finished paying us. You owe us all this money. And we said, no, we gladly wanted to pay you. We, we still want to pay. We just You never finished the job. You just left. You never came back. And, of course, that had to go to arbitration. And there was a, a lawyer that we went and talked to. And the lawyer told us, oh, well, this is easy. We just go in and lie to the judge. You just go in there and let me lie to the judge for you and tell them that they refused to finish the job and you already paid them and they're lying. Or it's, I don't know what it was. And I told the guy, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm a Christian. I want you to go tell the judge the truth because the truth was more powerful than his lie. And the guy was like, looked at me like, what? You serious? I said, yeah. You'll lose. I, said, I don't care. I'm just telling the, tell the judge the truth. And, of course, it went to arbitration, and we won. You know, I mean, it was just one of those things. You, you, we get this in the world all the time. And that's not to say that I haven't had my struggles, you know, and they, we all get there. We all get those, ooh, mm, so much easier if I did it my way and not God's way. And we're not all perfect. We, have, we do make our little errors, but overall... Hey, trust God. He's amazing, isn't he? I've heard so many stories of people that said, wow, I can't believe how God worked this out. He can. So seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will work themselves out. Well, with that, we can now spend some time praying. We need to be praying for Emily, Dean, and Kim's daughter, who just went in for surgery, and I was... (laughs) Meaning to go over there to the hospital this morning and pray with them. And I, I just I had, hadn't been sleeping good the last couple of nights. I was up early in the morning, the day before yesterday, like four, four in the morning. So I overslept. And I, <laughs> I'm sorry, Dean and Kim, if you're, if you're happen to be listening, I'm so sorry I missed it. But we want to pray with you now and pray everything's been going good for the surgery. So let's do pray for her and different things that are going on. Father God, thank you for the blessing that we have of coming before you in prayer. We thank you that you care about all of us. You care about the smallest little detail that goes on in our lives. And we know young Emily right now is being recuperating, hopefully already, I don't know, but or she's in surgery, getting her tonsils removed. Father, many of us have had that done. Simple procedure. And so we thank you for the expertise of the doctors and nurses. And we just pray that the whole thing is going well or has gone very well, and she's now in, in recuperation, and there be no complications at all, and that she wake up, Father, blessed and loved, well taken care of, God. And thank you for Dean and, and Kim. Thank you for their willingness, their desire to put their kids first over their own comfort and all the sacrifices, parents, that they do for their kids. So thank you for that. May you continue to bless Abigail, too. Be blessing all the whole family. You just help the girls just get better and better and better, as well as the family and their health. Pray for, for Kevin and his lungs. You continue to heal him for the migraines that Lee gets. God, those would be taken away completely by diet, by just supernatural touching God, both of them, and healing them. Whatever creative things, God, they can do to find May you just do that. And thank you for the evangelism team that went out on Thursday night and for the encounters they had. And uh, they they talked to a few people 
Adelita, Patricia, Andrea, and Jade. We pray for them that prayed to receive the Lord. So we pray that now, God, as they wake up this morning to get their life going, that their lives would be different. And because so many times, God, there can be people that that pray these prayers, but they don't understand what the prayer really is. And and the enemy wants to come in and steal that away and all they've done. So we pray for them that it that it be established, those prayers would be established upon your grace and that you have now brought them into new life. I want to pray for David, 17-year-old they talked to, and who wasn't willing to receive you, God, but he heard the word, so we pray that you would come and just continue to open up his heart and minister to him. So we have also pray for Geraldo, who's going to have surgery, who they also met on the Malacone, so we just pray for him, that surgery goes well, and that he might be able to provide for his kids. So thank you for all those that went out to share your word, God, and the things that you did there. We want to bless you for the church, God, and everything you want to do tomorrow. Tomorrow being Palm Sunday, God, thank you for this time as we enter into Resurrection Week, God. We praise you that as a church worldwide, we can have this great week of celebration and commemoration of your death, but equal, and of course, your resurrection. So thank you for blessing us with this wonderful time that we have to look forward to. So we lift up all these things, God, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. There we go. Thank you guys for always, as always, uh, being here online and for praying for the ministry. As most of you are faithful every day, Keep it in mind that you can ask God to continue to bless the ministry, bless the fellowship, bless our time together as believers that we continue to grow in his knowledge and grace and maturity. We want to see this be effective in our lives so that we can be more effective in our own ministries. But we want to see it as an outreach ministry so that new people would come in who've never read the Bible and be able to hear the voice of God speaking clearly to them and receive him and follow him. So thank you and bless you. And we will see you tomorrow. Now I am going to try and get out a audio podcast for tomorrow. But if you want to read ahead, it's Deuteronomy 26 and 27. Okay. Next two chapters and Luke, half a Luke, a seven, one through 30. Well, I think it's half. I haven't seen how many verses, maybe it's the whole thing, but Luke one through 30 and Deuteronomy 26 and 27. But we'll see you tomorrow, Revelation chapter 8. Don't want to miss it. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 o'clock our time. Bye-bye.